Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Yo, what's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Sunday, April 10th, and I am very excited to be back with another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. You already know what it is. This is the final season, the fourth and final season of Thinking Outside the Boombox, and I'm going out in a big way. There are only six episodes remaining in the season after uh, today's episode, uh, so I'm excited to continue to give you all the content that you deserve. In the Dig Deeper segment this week, I will be recapping the 64th annual Grammy Award show Um this was a big one. There were some surprises. There were, you know, some things that weren't so surprising. Um, but I'm gonna go through it all. And most importantly, um, you know, months ago I predicted who would walk away uh, the winners in 13 categories, uh, the nine uh, rap and R&B categories, as well as the four. Uh, like general award categories, the big four, I like to call them. So it's time to see if I was able uh, to get over 50% in my predictions, which is what I consider a win. Um, Before I get into that, the song of the week in the press play segment, I won't go through them on the podcast because there's a lot of recap to, to do regarding the Grammys. But I do still have a song of the week for you, and I do still have a bunch of things that I think you all should check out this week. So in order to uh, get the links and everything to that, um, you should check out the podcast newsletter. It contains 
the links to everything I talk about in every episode, and in this case, uh, some of the things that I don't talk about. So, you know, any music videos that you that I think you should check out, new songs, new albums that were released, the links to all of that is in the podcast newsletter. So if you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, uh, right on the homepage, there's a spot for you to put in your email address, submit it, you'll get added to the mailing list, and you will receive a, a copy of the podcast newsletter in your inbox every time an episode is released. Or you can just go to the newsletter tab on think out, thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and all of the podcast newsletters are there for you. So definitely check that out. There's a lot of cool stuff um, that happened in both genres. Um, some cool albums that drop, songs. So get the podcast newsletter. Uh, without any further ado, let's take a short break and then I'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, this week I will be discussing the 64th annual Grammy Award Show. Now, if, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know that the I've talked a lot about how the Grammys have had a, a troubled history, um, especially when it comes to rewarding artists of color um, and the artists that are making the most popular music, um, you know, the Academy historically has been pretty bad at rewarding and nominating even um, artists of color, despite how successful and how much they might be carrying uh, music at, in, on, in any given year. So, you know, they've, you know, had a lot of, you know, people leave at the top. Um, I don't want to get into all of the history because I feel like I've done this every year for every Grammy show for the past like four years. But, you know, there were some some people in charge who stepped down. And now we've got a black man, uh, Harvey Mason Jr., I believe his name, who was leading the Academy. And they've made a lot of changes to the way they do things. And they've made statements about how they're they're trying to be better. All of that. Um. All of that, keeping all of that in mind, it's been a strange year for the Academy. You know, the 64th annual show was full of headlines. Hours before they announced the nominees back in November, they expanded the nominees for the big four categories from eight nominees to 10. Uh, Taylor Swift and Kanye benefited from that for album of the year. Drake pulled out of the running for the two awards he was nominated for without giving any reason. Um, two weeks before the show was set to air in January, the Academy postponed the show due to COVID. It was moved by two months and the location was moved to Vegas instead of L.A. for the very first time. Kanye was disinvited from performing due to his problematic behavior on social media. Two members of BTS tested positive for COVID. It was unclear whether they would be able to perform. Uh, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters died a week before the show. He was the drummer for the Foo Fighters. They were nominated for, I think, three awards or maybe a little bit more. And then when you throw in the Will Smith moment from the Oscars the week prior, the night truly felt unpredictable. There was no idea what was going to happen, what could happen. Um, leading the nominations going into the night was John Batiste, um, 
the frontman, the band leader for uh, the band on Stephen Colbert's show, and also just a a veteran of an artist. Uh, he led the nominations with eleven. Um, her, Doja Cat, and Justin Bieber um, all had eight nominations. So let's uh, let's recap. Let's recap the Grammys. It was a long night. Um, if you include the pre-show that um, aired before the Grammys, total, it was probably about five to six hours. Now, I didn't watch the entire pre-show because why would I do that? Um, I tuned in um, nonstop for the actual show. But the pre-show is important because similar to the Oscars, this year the Grammys decided to give out 76 of the 86 awards that they were giving out on Grammy night at the pre-show that aired on their YouTube channel. Now, 76. So you heard it right. That means of the three hour program, three, three and a half hour program that they aired, they gave out 10 awards um, on the actual show. Now, at first, at first hearing this and seeing this, I felt it was a little disrespectful especially because of the nine hip-hop and R&B awards that this podcast is concerned about, they gave seven of those out in the pre-show. So rap and R&B, they gave out one award each on the actual show. Gotta love that representation. Now, the pre-show was fine. LeVar Burton hosted. There were a few performances, but you know it didn't really hold my attention. There were so many empty seats at the pre-show. It really wasn't a great look. Um, and you could really see firsthand what could be the effects of more artists deciding to skip the Grammys. And maybe they just decided to skip the pre-show. But um, of the seven artists who won rap and R&B awards in the pre-show, none of them were there to accept it. Now, her was rehearsing for her performance later. But, you know, the same could not be said of everybody else that won uh, an award at the pre-show. Um, and I think in a lot of artists' minds, the Grammys may have run out of time to make the changes that they needed to make and that they've been saying they're going to make to keep the big artists invested in the show. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons why Drake decided to pull out. Maybe he said, you know what, it's fuck the Grammys, so fuck the Grammys. Like, I don't even want to be considered for these two anymore. Um, but yeah, you know, that's that's how things have been going. And now I... We'll say I will include there's a link to the pre-show since it was on their YouTube channel. You can still view it. Uh, So there's a link to the pre-show if you want to see some people accept awards and see what awards were given out. See how the pre-show went. Some of the performances, if you're interested, uh, that's in the podcast newsletter as well. Um, So going into the show, uh, I was four, four out of seven, four for seven out of the 13 categories that I predicted. Um. Of the, of the 13, they gave away seven of those in the pre-show, and I got four of them right. Um, so I do want to just discuss the categories that they gave out in the pre-show. So the, the first one was Best R&B Performance. Um, nominated was Lost You by Snow Allegra, Peaches by Bieber, Daniel Caesar, Giveon, Damage by Her, Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic, Pick Up Your Feelings by Jasmine Sullivan. I um, I said that Silk Sonic would win with Leave the Door Open, and it was a tie. The award went to Silk Sonic for Leave the Door Open and 
Jasmine Sullivan for Pick Up Your Feelings. Um, in a weird bit of Grammy stats, uh, Bruno Mars won this award for Best R&B Performance in 2018 for That's What I Like. Anderson Pac won it two years later in 2020 for Come Home. And now, two years after that, in 2022, they win it together for Leave the Door Open um, as Silk Sonic, which is, that's just some weird Grammy stats. Um, It's also the first time this award has ended in a tie. Shout out to Jasmine Sullivan winning her very first Grammy here. Um, That's very exciting. She's been in the, you know, in the game for a while and she's deserved Grammys for a while. And it was good to finally see her get one. Best traditional R&B performance. I thought it would go to Fight For You by Her, the song that also has won an Oscar. Um, And it did. It did go to her. This is her fifth Grammy in four years. So she is absolutely a Grammy darling. Best R&B song. I thought it would go to Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. I I thought it could go one of two ways. Pick up your feelings or leave the door open. It went to Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. Um, This is Bruno's second Best R&B Song Grammy, so shout out to him. He is also very much so a Grammy darling, and we'll get into that a little bit more later. Best Progressive R&B Album. Um, The nominees were New Light by Eric Bellinger, Something to Say by Corey Henry, Mood Valiant by Hiatus Coyote, Table for Two EP by Lucky Day, Dinner Party Dessert by Kamasi Washington, Ninth Wonder, Robert Glasper, Terrace Martin, and Studying Abroad Extended Stay by Masega. Now, I thought it would go to... Terrace Martin, Robert Glasper, Ninth Wonder, and Kamasi Washington, because for the most part, the majority of them um, have all won Grammys, and you know, just the four of them together was kind of a powerhouse. I thought that um, it would for sure go to them, and I also just thought their album was better than all of the other ones. Um, well, I, I technically I think Hiatus Coyote had the best album out of these, but I just didn't think they would win. But Lucky Day uh, won for Table for Two. So that's very exciting. It is his very first Grammy. So shout out to Lucky Day for winning a Grammy for Best Progressive R&B Album. Skipping forward to the rap categories, Best Melodic Rap Performance was given out in the pre-show. Nominated was Pride is the Devil by Cole, Need to Know by Doja Cat, Industry Baby, Lil Nas X, Jack Harlow. Uh, What's Your Name by Tyler, the Creator, and Hurricane by Kanye with The Weeknd, Lil Baby. I thought it would go to Lil Nas X. Um, This seemed like the year that um, Lil Nas X would, you know, the Grammys would continue to recognize him, especially after the big year he had. It went to Kanye. So Kanye West, The Weeknd, and Lil Baby get a Grammy for Hurricane. Uh, Best Melodic Rap Performance. Kanye has been nominated 15 times in this category, and this is his fourth win. Um, This is also The Weeknd's fourth Grammy and Lil Baby's first ever Grammy. Best Rap Song. The nominees were Bath Salts, DMX, Jay-Z Nas, Best Friends, Saweetie, Doja Cat, Family Ties, Baby Keem, Kendrick Lamar, Jail, Kanye West, Jay-Z, and My Life, J. Cole, 21 Savage, and Moray. Now... This was a tough one. I went. I thought it was going to be My Life by J. Cole. Looking back on it, I probably would have chosen Family Ties. Um, neither of them won. Kanye West gets another Grammy um, for Jail with Jay-Z. Best Rap Song. Uh, Kanye and Jay-Z lead this category in nominations. Kanye's got 16 nominations. Jay-Z's got 13. And they lead it in wins. Kanye's got 7. Jay-Z's got 4. So... You know, I, I guess I really should have thought about the throne and just how much how much clout they have. Uh, they picked up the win. And the final 
uh, pre-show category that we're concerned about. Best rap album. They gave out best rap album in a pre-show. Come on, man. The nominees were The Offseason by J. Cole, Certified, well, Certified Lover Boy by Drake was taken out because he rescinded his nomination. King's Disease 2 by Nas, Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler, Donda by Kanye West. Out of out of these five, I thought Tyler's album was the best, and it won. So Tyler the Creator wins his second best rap album, Grammy. Um, he's officially won two of the past three times for Call Me If You Get Lost. That was very exciting. Um, and then there were a number of Grammys that uh, weren't in those 13 that I predicted, but you know there were some hip-hop and R&B artists that could have won, so I just want to talk about those. Um, John Batiste was nominated for 11, as I mentioned. Um, he could have won Best Jazz Instrumental Album. He didn't get that. He could have won a couple Grammys in the American Roots categories. He won both. He also could have won Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media for Soul. He won that. Um, He also was nominated for Best Music Video for Freedom. He did not get that. Esperanza Spalding won Best Jazz Vocal Album. That's very exciting. Don Cheadle won Best Spoken Word Album for his album. Uh, He narrated the audiobook uh, about John Lewis. so shout out to Don Cheadle for winning a Grammy. Uh, he beat out Dave Chappelle and Barack Obama in that category. So that's pretty big. Um, Lavelle Crawford and Kevin Hart were nominated for Best Comedy Album, but they did not win those. Uh, Andra Day won Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media um, for the the Billie Holiday um soundtrack she was nominated twice in this category this year actually also for one night in miami but she ended up winning it regardless um what else was important alicia keys won a grammy for best immersive audio album so shout out to alicia quest love won best music film for summer of soul so officially quest love uh won uh in back-to-back weeks he won an oscar the week prior and then he won a grammy uh the week after that for the same the same film and then Demile uh producer walked away with three Grammys for his work with Silk Sonic so that's the pre-show and the you know non uh predicted categories so let's jump into a recap um Trevor Noah was the host this year um going in like I mentioned I was four out of seven uh with six more categories to go that I predicted Not bad, but I was really hoping that my prediction of Olivia Rodrigo sweeping the big four categories like Billie Eilish did, uh, was that last year or maybe a couple years back? I thought that Olivia Rodrigo was going to be able to do the same thing. So for prediction's sake going in, I was hoping that I would uh, get those four categories correct. So Trevor Noah got right into it. He introduced Silk Sonic. They looked great. The set design was incredible. Anderson Pop was wearing this crazy wig that he wore the entire night. It was hilarious. Um, they performed their song 777 uh, from An Evening with Silk Sonic. It led into an energetic breakdown that saw Bruno playing off the crowd perfectly. It was a great performance that set the tone for the night. Um, I was excited to see if the Grammys could keep it up um, with those performances. And spoiler alert, they did. Um, Although I thought it was weird for Silk Sonic not to perform Leave the Door Open, considering um, how many times they played it in the lead up to the album and how many Grammys it was nominated for. 
Um, it was weird they didn't perform it, but then I thought about it. It was like, oh, the the show was in Vegas, 777. Okay, it, it makes sense that they decided to open the Grammys with this song. Um, Trevor Noah told some jokes, previewed the show, walking through the crowd. It was kind of cool to see the different celebrities that were in the crowd as he walked through doing his opening like monologue. Um, he made a Will Smith joke that was tactful, so that was good to see. Olivia Rodrigo performed Driver's License in a car, and she killed that shit. Like, I thought she was posed to have a big night. She had already won one Grammy in the pop category at this point in the night, and her performance really met the moment. Like, she showed us why she's here. Uh, there was a J Balvin performance, and then Questlove came up having quite the weekend, and he presented the Grammy for Song of the Year. Um, he did a great job celebrating the moment he's having and then also directing that towards the upcoming winner and how much this moment means to them. I thought Olivia Rodrigo was going to sweep the big four, uh, especially because of that most recent precedent that they set with Billie Eilish. But the Grammys really fucking love Bruno Mars and Silk Sonic won Song of the Year for Leave the Door Open. Anderson Pac walked up in that same wig and that velvet suit and they looked really happy. Um, this is Bruno's second time winning this award. Um, and they will win some more before the night is over. Um, BTS performed, man, those little superstars put on a hell of a show. They performed their song Butter. It was super fun. You know what? I'm underselling it. That shit was fire. Like they were killing choreography, they were telling a story, there were costume changes. Like they performed for the audience like in the crowd and us at home simultaneously and it was amazing and it's easy to see how they captured so many hearts i did like how the grammys occasionally cut to performances that were happening on the roof outside in vegas and they were nice transitions um and nice moments for artists that people might not have heard of so bts killed it lil nas x and jack harlow uh, were advertised to perform next. Lil Nas started off with his song Dead Right Now. He had the choirs doing background vocals. That was a nice touch. He transitioned into Montero um, with a set that kind of highlighted all the people in the media who have been upset about his videos and his music. His dancers were killing it. The choreography and transition into Industry Baby was cold. There was kind of like an acapella mix of the first verse. That was nice as hell. Jack Harlow was great at being Jack Harlow and the dance breakdown outro was great. Like the performances had not disappointed yet. And honestly, they didn't like the crowd was feeling this one, too. And they showed him a lot of love afterwards. The performances was great. Um, Chris Stapleton uh, won Best Country Album. And when they were introducing when they were doing the little video, like introducing the album when they were showing the nominee. Uh, the nominees they played a little bit of his song cold and i'm not gonna lie the song sounded hard like i heard like five seconds of it and i was like that's kind of tight i might have to listen to this song and more on that later hey it's sharon and here's where it gets interesting raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just two dollars a manicure yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Um, so the Grammys decided to do a cool thing where they recognize the people behind the scenes, like the production managers, the stage people, the road, like tour managers. Um, and so for certain artists who are about to perform, you know, some of those people behind the scenes got to, like, introduce them. Um, so, for instance, Billie Eilish's production manager introduced her performance of Happier Than Ever. And so that was really cool uh, to see them get the spotlight and that recognition. It was a typical Billie Eilish performance in that it was mesmerizing and her vocals were great. She paid homage to Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of the Foo Fighters, um, with her T-shirt. And Billie Eilish is great. The way she can transition from these soft, serene vocals to a heavy metal rock-like breakdown is insane. She's so versatile. Her performance was wild. They made it rain on stage. It was it was just really cool. Um, Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa presented Best New Artist. They're both former winners, so that was kind of cool. And Olivia Rodrigo rightfully won for Best New Artist, her second Grammy of the night. And that also marks the fifth year in a row that a woman has won Best New Artist. So shout out to the ladies. Um... Trevor Noah, um, he did a really good job of playing with the crowd. Like, he was invited back for a reason. Um, also, just something that I noticed, the Grammys desperately need title cards. Like, why do you assume that I know who every single artist who was on the stage? Like, if, for instance, I missed you introducing who was coming to the stage or it was too loud for me to hear who was coming to the stage, can you just put their name on the screen before they start talking? Like, this is a very common award show thing. Like the Oscars does it. Why, why don't the Grammys make that a thing they do more consistently? So that, that was a little weird. Um, but Joni Mitchell, um, who was also nominated uh, for the night, introduced Brandy Carlisle's performance. 
Um, she continued the stretch of strong vocal performances. Like Brandy Carlisle can blow. Like she has an amazing voice and she dominated her performance. Um, and that was definitely the theme of the performances this year. Like minus a couple, like strong vocal performances were, that was the theme. Like people really came out and sang. Um, and so I was really happy to see that. Um, Nas performed next. He was introduced nicely by Trevor Noah. Um, this was his first solo Grammys performance. And, you know, considering he got his first ever Grammy last year, this was like a like a career defining moment for him. Um, he paid homage to a couple of his classics capped off by an impassioned performance of one mic. And then he performed Rare uh, from King's Disease and he killed it um, actually uh, from King's Disease, too. Um, the live instrumentation really enhanced his performance um also shout out to adam blackstone uh he is a man who has directed three of the past five super bowl performances he's played bass for many artists and he was the basis for Nas's performance and i just keep noticing him like in the media lately like the man works a lot like there have been at least three performances in the past like few months where i'm like isn't that that dude that was at the super bowl or isn't that that dude that was performing like like (laughs) he i just kept seeing him and so he was at the grammys as well Ludacris came out to present best rap performance and he gave Nas some more props for being around for three decades and the winner for best rap performance went to Baby Keem and Kendrick for Family Ties. It's huge. Um, Baby Keem is from Vegas and he won his very first Grammy in his hometown and Kendrick won his fifth Grammy in this category alone. Uh, Kendrick has won the most best rap performance Grammys all time. Um, So that was a dope moment. Chris Stapleton's assistant tour manager introduced his performance. And yo, I talked about that song Cold that he that he that they introduced. He performed it here. And this man sounded so soulful. I don't know if he normally sounds like this, but I am going to find out. I will be listening to a Chris Stapleton album because how soulful and how good Chris Stapleton sounded like it was like I need to hear more. So shout out to Chris Stapleton. Um, It's funny. uh, I was attending an Oscar party um you know a couple of weeks prior and everybody was there was like a prop bet on like whether um the oscars would air like a video from president Zelensky from ukraine um and it didn't happen but i found out uh later after researching this that he had asked and the oscars declined to let him do it but the grammys did not so they aired a video and a speech from president Zelensky. um which led into a performance by John Legend and the performance was incredible. Like he performed a new song he wrote called Free um and they introduced with title cards only for the Ukraine artists for some reason. Um they introduced a bunch of Ukrainian artists um that were performing with him. So there was somebody on the lyre, there was a singer, there was a poet um and John Legend performed with all of them and it was just a really cool a cool uh, moment of representation and just a cool moment in general. There was a choir that laid some incredible background vocals and it was just a touching tribute to the citizens of Ukraine. And also John Legend is flawless. Like the man never misses a note. Um, Tony Bennett by video introduced Lady Gaga who performed her song Love for Sale, which was full of scatting and it was a performance straight out of the 40s. It was jazzy, full of horns. It was a great performance. And then she transitioned into the lovely ballad, Do I Love You, which is a musical number that was created by Cole Porter in the late 1930s, which is a 
they did a cover of it on the Love for Sale album that her and Tony Bennett uh, did together, in which they were nominated for on the evening. Uh, Lady Gaga's vocals were so captivating, and the personality she infused into the performance was nice to see. She's a superstar, and she's such a pure artist, and seems like just a pure human being. Um, Tony Bennett retired from performing last year uh, due to Alzheimer's, so the way this was in tribute to him was pretty moving. Uh, Billy Porter came out to present the Grammy for Best R&B Album. Both her and John Batiste were in the building, both already winners tonight. So I would have bet on one of them to win. But in an upset, Jasmine Sullivan won for Hotels. She was legitimately surprised. We all were legitimately surprised. She was also kind of surprised because when Billy Porter announced it, uh, the way the way he said it sounded like he said her. So I thought her had won, but then it was Jasmine Sullivan. Um, but she was very honored. She gave a great speech. And she deserved this, um, for sure. Um, this was her second nomination in this category, her second Grammy of the night. Um, it was a great night for Jasmine Sullivan. I was happy to see it. Olivia Rodrigo won Best Pop Vocal Album. Um, and at the time, I was wondering if this was the culmination of her wins tonight. It's like, okay, they gave her... A pop Grammy, Best New Artist, and then Best Pop Vocal Album, it would make sense for that to be the end of her Grammy wins and for her not to get the remaining Record of the Year and Album of the Year. So I was starting to lose faith in my predictions at that point. Uh, They kicked off the In Memoriam with a tribute to Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Uh, Ben Platt, Cynthia Revo, Leslie Odom Jr., and Rachel Zegler from West Side Story performed a beautiful medley of songs as the slideshow advanced. But it would not be an in memoriam if they did not mess something up or disrespect someone. Um, They referred to Virgil Abloh as a hip hop fashion designer, despite his incredible catalog of working with Nike, Ikea, uh, being a part of many albums and being the artistic director of menswear for Louis Vuitton. So a lot of people were up in in arms about that. Um, John Batiste, who had already won four awards at this point, performed next. He started with an entrancing interlude on the piano and then jumped right in into a colorful performance of Freedom. And that's really all he knows how to do is colorful performances. The man is a joy to watch. Um, And the joy with which he performs is palpable. And he and all of his singers and dancers were a marvel to witness. It was the most electrifying performance of the night. And what a way to cap off this incredible year of his. Um, he ended his performance by jumping like in the crowd on the table that Billie Eilish and Phineas were sitting at. And seeing other artists enjoy the music that's being performed is always so dope. One of the things they did last year in their kind of like hybrid uh, Grammy award show because of COVID was they had like five of the artists all on one stage and then they took turns like performing their song um and i believe it was the the artists that were nominated for either song of the year and record of the year and so they were all on one stage and yeah one artist would perform like black pumas performed and but the the cool thing was all of the other artists that were nominated were on the stage as black pumas were performing and so you got to see them like jam out and dance to the other artists songs and vice versa and so i thought that was cool and it would have been nice if they had kept some part of that magic aspect for for this year's show um justin bieber was out next he performed peaches with Giveon and daniel caesar um he did like a nice um like stripped down 
performance of Peaches on the piano, really R and B. Um, and then, and which this is honestly the best version of Justin Bieber, if you ask me. Like I love R and Bieber. Like, like it's 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 his best work. Um, and the song picked up when Daniel Caesar and Giveon joined the stage. Daniel Caesar was a little rocky, and the censoring in the and the performance was a little off, which kind of took the wind out of the sails for us at home. But it was a solid performance. Avril Lavigne presented Best Pop Duo Group Performance to Doja Cat and SZA um, for Kiss Me More. This was a hilarious uh, moment because Doja literally had just gone to the bathroom. And so she had to run from the bathroom to accept the award. SZA also, I think, like broke her foot like a couple of days before so she had to go up on crutches it was all over the place but it was a beautiful moment on stage doja was in tears and it meant even more considering the week she had been having after threatening to retire from music and it was also both of their first grammys SZA and doja cat kind of wild for SZA because you know i've talked about this on the podcast many a times about how she got shut out for Grammys um, in 2017, 2018. She was nominated for like five or six and she didn't win a single one, even though Control was incredible. But good to see them both win Grammys here. Um, Hers road manager introduced her performance. Um, She performed with Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Lenny Kravitz, and Travis Barker. She jumped into a performance of Damage. Jimmy Jam and Terry helped close out the song and then she changed outfits and hopped on the drums for a dope drum solo to her album intro, We Made It, uh, from Back of My Mind. Travis Barker then hopped on the drums, and Lenny Kravitz came out came out and joined her to perform his song, Are You Gonna Go My Way? And it was legendary. Seeing uh, her and Lenny Kravitz just like rock out on their guitars performing this was, it was a true Grammy moment. Um, Keith Urban came out and presented Record of the Year to Silk Sonic for Leave the Door Open. Um, they came up and they were as silly as they've been all year. You've probably seen the cli- the, the clips. Um, Anderson Pox said, we're trying our hardest to be humble up here, but in the industry, this is what you call a clean sweep because they won every Grammy they were nominated for on the night. Um, so Silk Sonic had an amazing, um, an amazing night. Now, I predicted the Olivia Rodrigo narrative where she would sweep the big four, but they went with the Song of the Year, Record of the Year narrative with Leave the Door Open winning both Song of the Year and Record of the Year. And it makes sense. It was a huge song. So shout out to them. And, you know, what I mean by that narrative is the same song has won Record of the Year and Song of the Year now. 33 times out of 64 shows. So with this win, it officially jumped to just over half of the time that a song wins both records. So if you're doing some Grammy bets in the future, uh, that might be something to keep in mind. But also what's wild for this is Bruno Mars. This is his third time winning record of the year. But also since 2014, Bruno Mars has won every single Grammy he has been nominated for. After this Grammy night, he has gone 14 for 14 since 2014. If if Bruno isn't the ultimate Grammy darling, I don't know who is. They love that man. So shout out to Silk Sonic for, for cleaning up at the Grammys. Um, Carrie Underwood, her wardrobe supervisor, introduced her performance. And do I even need to say 
that she sang her ass off because she did. Um, she also got a, a Grammy, a gospel Grammy for best roots gospel album on the night. Lenny Kravitz presented album of the year, the final uh, Grammy of the night. At this point, I had no idea who it was going to. I I was for sure that the Olivia Rodrigo narrative was dead after she didn't win song of the year and record of the year. And the Grammy went to John Batiste for We Are. Um, 11 nominations on the night. Um, he ended with, I believe, five? Yeah, with five. Um, he was completely in shock. What a great win. He had such a unique album. Um, and this is huge. I think it was a great pick by the Academy. It is an incredible album. Um, who did I think it was the best album of the year out of the ones nominated? Hmm. I do. I do. I think looking at the, the nominees for album of the year were We Are by John Batiste, Love for Sale by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, Justice by Justin Bieber, Planet Her by Doja Cat, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish, Back of My Mind by Her, Montero by Lil Nas X, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, Evermore by Taylor Swift, Donda by Kanye West. I think We Are was an incredible album. And there was so much like instrumentation and just like cool artistic stuff that went on in it. I think it was a well-deserved win for John Batiste. So those were those were the the uh, winners. And so of the predictions of the thirteen categories I predicted, I went seven for thirteen, seven of thirteen. So I'll take it. It's over fifty percent. Um, as the last award show where I'll be giving recaps and like researching the history, I thought this was a good show and I am happy with those predictions. Now it wasn't a perfect show. You know, there were a lot of moments that, you know, afterwards people were talking about, for instance, the best reggae album went to a predominantly white group and, you know, of the people who I've, um, heard talking about it um they did not deserve it um i don't i didn't listen to that album so i can't talk about it but you know there's always going to be something you know everybody can't win um but as far as i'm concerned i thought that this was a good show i thought some of the some of the aspects where the grammys have fallen short in the past you could see semblances of change there um you know, we saw people of color win all over the place. Three out of four of the big four Grammys went to people of color. Like, you really love to see it. Um, the big winners for the night, John Batiste um, had five. Silk Sonic had four. They led They led the, the Grammys and wins that night. Trevor Noah did a stand-up job. I hope he comes back next year. I will be watching. Um, so, yeah, that is the recap of the 64th annual um Grammy Award show. Oh, and I also forgot to mention, um, with John Batiste winning that album of the year, in 64 years of Grammy history, he became the 11th black person to win that award. Um, the first since Herbie Hancock won in 2008. So, you know, it was a big deal for John Batiste. Um, hopefully we can get more black people winning that award in the near future. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was fun. It was fun to watch. Um, hopefully they do something different with that. I mean, this is one thing I didn't mention. At the end of the Grammys, I wasn't too upset about the fact that they only gave out 10 awards because what they replaced that space with was great performance after great performance. Like all of these artists like perform their ass off. 
there was not, excuse me, there was not one performance that I did not enjoy. Like they were all great performances. And so, you know, if you're going to give out 90% of your awards on the pre-show and the trade-off is that we get like, just like flawless performances by everybody that touches the stage, then, you know, I wasn't too mad about it at the end, but you know, maybe you need to make some space to give out like best rap album on the show, you know, or, you know, it's, you know, hip hop and rap has become the leading genre of music um, when it comes to sales and probably popularity um, at this point. So if you're going to give out the best rap album, maybe you should do that on air, you know, but I'm nitpicking at this point. I really enjoyed the show. I didn't really have a lot of bad things to say about it. Um, and so, yeah, that was the Grammys. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Um, this is the last time I will be giving a live uh, Grammy recap um, from now on. It'll probably be via live tweeting or something next year um, once the podcast has been sunset. But I'm glad you all tuned in to listen. Um, thank you that you tuned in to listen to the podcast. Um Coming up next week. So I mentioned that there are six episodes left and starting next week is the beginning of a series that I'm doing with my good friend, uh, Brian Serber, co-host of the What's in the Box Office podcast. You've you've heard him on the show many times before. So what we're doing is teaming up for a movies and music series currently unnamed but it will have a name by the time the episode airs next week um but it's a five episode series where we explore the history of hip-hop in movies um so whether that be via soundtracks or whether that be songs that were played in movies or movies about hip-hop we're gonna talk about it all um we're gonna have some fun like rankings and things like that and each episode will focus on a different topic And so that's going to start next week, April 17th, um, with episode one of that Movies and Music series. Um, We're going to be doing that for five weeks. And then the final episode of the podcast uh, will be the final farewell tour stop um, where my wife Karen brings the topic to the podcast and we discuss it. And that will be the final episode of the show, unless in that time period... Kendrick Lamar drops an album. If Kendrick Lamar drops an album before May 22nd or whenever I have uh, uh, scheduled out the end of the podcast, then I will drop an episode discussing the album. Um, I'm a little skeptical that that's going to happen, but I'm leaving the door open, uh, no pun intended, uh, just in case that happens. So uh, jam-packed six weeks. I'm coming back at you back to back to back to back to back to back um, for the last six episodes of the podcast. I hope you will join um, TOTB, the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thinking outside the boombox.com is the website. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Peace.
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 